Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Educating Josh, in which I, Luke Cutforth, and two very special guests, Zara Barry, the comedian, and Benjamin Cook, the washed-up journalist and broadcaster... I'm a very special guest! <laughs> ...bring together three of the most divisive stories of the week. Our wonderful Josh Winslade will have 20 seconds to respond with his gut feeling on the story with absolutely no research, after which we will have an attempt at Educating Josh. Zara and Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you. This is the Thanks. first time... Is this the first time we've had two guests before, or has that happened before? No. No, I think we had Hannah and um, Liam. Leah before, yes. which was a good show. So you've got those guys to be. Oh, is, is, okay. this the, is this the quickest anyone's ever come back? I was only on like three weeks ago, wasn't it? It is. It's also, I think, the quickest anyone's become a washed up journalist. Oh, yeah. Three <laughs> weeks ago, you were, a, you were a journalist and broadcaster. I'm broadcaster, now I'm washed up. Yes, yeah, well, the weeks have taken their toll. It's, okay. it's the, uh, is that what weeks. you do? You have them once and you say nice things and then the second time they come back. Yes, you, watch out, What are you going to say about me if washed I come up back? comedian. It's because I've just been waiting in this studio the last three weeks. I've made a little life of myself under the producer's desk <laughs> okay well let's move on with the show please so last week james's question was the first question and zara could you please tell us how it performed in the polls yes well so the james's question was should we ban shows for targeting sensitive topics at teenagers and nine uh, percent said yes 84 percent said no and seven percent other other, other, the mysterious other. Well, that I'm was a very de- that was very decisive. No comment. Absolutely. Do you guys have any opinions on that, or are you going to hide? I think that teenagers should be exposed to everything because they're going through a very hard time. To- they're, they're exposing themselves to it. They should see it in the media, and it'll make them feel better about their own lives if they see other people going through mental illness or you know cutting themselves or suicide or whatever. You know, I think that it's important for them to be exposed to that, so they know. Like, there's no point like molly coddling them and saying no. everything's wonderful don't want a nanny state i think me and zara are gonna get on yeah there. i was I gonna say that was Josh's yeah. opinion, so i'm very scared everyone's going to turn on me um, um and also adventure boy on twitter and that's boy spelled b-o-i uh <laughs> says i think it's important for teenagers to be aware of sensitive issues such as suicide and don't think that banning things like that would do any good so yeah he agrees with me. Yeah. All right. Well, Noah's question was second. Ben, could you please tell us how that performed in the polls? Yes. Uh, is... <laughs> <laughs> what do you want from me? What do you want from me? I'm doing what you wanted. Noah's question was, is bringing genetics into trans identity a good idea? 71% said yes. 27% yes. 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 27% said no. And uh, 2% other. Anyone have any opinions on that? 
Well, I, I had to clarify what this meant. This, they, they, they say that there's a, a gene for trans. Tran- so or if there was, or is I it thought the, that was theoretical. They're or? trying to find it. They think they found it. Because oh. they was talk about is that, that there's a gay gene. They talk about that, and they said mm. that what they were unsure about that. So yeah, so it's basically that there's been an outcry online saying it shouldn't matter, which mm. is true, but also it should matter from my point of view, just in a. In, in the idea of knowledge yeah, and research, and, research and, and knowing like it's a good point uh, Freya on Twitter said I personally think we should take into account mental health more than genetics as this could cause a lot more damage if people with the gene can get faster treatment that's a really good comment yeah wow. well last week my question was should article 13 pass into law a very contentious subject on the podcast and the results were 21% yes 69% no and 10% other Josh how do you feel um, I feel like we have a, a, a an audience that likes YouTube. <laughs> I think I was always fighting a losing battle on that one. Um, well, an incredibly damning response from Ishan on Twitter, which said, Checking if everything uploaded is copyrighted or not will cost way too much and no company can afford that. Josh is more wrong here than he has ever been. I oh, mean, that that's not... True. Yeah. <laughs> so why uphold what? any law then? If it exactly. Costs too much? <laughs> Fuck that it. Anarchy in the UK. Fundamentally, I. Okay. Cheers. Did yes. we? Did we copyright that? <laughs> also, don't don't you listen to them, Josh? He just took his don't words and them. repeated them. We did. Yeah. All right. Well, it's time to move on to the first story of the week, and that is my story. Josh, my story comes from The Independent, and it is that Alexandra Palace defends security after Bring Me the Horizon fan dies at London concert. Here are the three things you need to know. Emergency services were unable to save the man and is currently unclear what the cause of his death was, but the venue has denied that the death was because of its security measures. Following the news, some attendees began to accuse the venue of having lax security measures, with one claiming he'd seen, quote, more security at McDonald's. Initial rumours on social media indicated there were just 10 security personnel present at the 10,000 capacity venue. However, Alexandra Palace has responded, writing, We feel we must address inaccurate information. There were over 150 security personnel on site for the concert. The tragedy has brought to light the wider issue of security at gigs and its importance. My question for you is, should venues be held legally responsible for deaths caused by events on their property? 20 seconds, Josh. Go. I think there's a chain of responsibility here. There's the insurance that's needed, and I feel like the promoter initially is the person that's responsible for for deaths. Uh, you can hire a venue out if that's if you've hired a venue, you're then responsible for what happens there. Twenty seconds is up. How do we feel about that? I, now, I must admit, I'm not a particularly big gig goer. I've been to a few gigs. Mm. Ben, you're a big gig. You've been to yeah. gigs. Well, yeah. Look, I mean, it's. Uh... When stuff like this happens, I suppose you need to make a judgment call about whether it's, is it a freak accident or is it something which is indicative of a a sort of larger problem that just hasn't thus far been addressed. In this instance, I think it's probably the latter. I've been at gigs where there've been mosh pits and I've been in mosh pits and it's a lot of fun. It's also quite hard to justify from a safety point of view. Mm. Um, you know they, they've banned a lot of gigs at a lot of big festivals uh, crowd surfing it still goes on and I imagine if they banned mosh pits they'd still happen um, but it helps you know minimise the risk make people aware of the risk mm. um, yeah I don't see how having more security would have fixed this yeah. I don't, um, you have you know a hundred <laughs> very big people 
at the well, not big. But and the you know security what I mean? aren't going people, to be—they aren't going to be in the crowd. They're not in the crowd. I, I, I guess maybe you can have. I'm trying to think how this could have been presented to then see what, like, reverse engineer the problem. So, I mean, often what happens is it's the it's the responsibility of the band on stage. I mean, it, really? I, I, really? I, well, yeah, how I've been. They at, control it. Well, but I've been. At, they have the 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 mic essentially. Mm. So I've been at gigs where the band has said, "Okay, oh, we're, we're morally, not we're not morally. going to." No, no, no. I don't mean just morally. I mean practically. I've been at gigs where people the, the band has stopped and said, "Okay, we're not going to play until everyone takes a step back, right, right. and a further step." Yeah, it's it's so uh, when it happens at all, or when they deem it's gone too far. Well, I suppose if it's made illegal, or if uh, venues start having clear rules against stuff like moshing, then you know a a, a band will take that on board. I mean, increasingly, bands are stopping gigs to call out instances Mm. of uh, sexual abuse when they see a guy, you know. uh, behaving towards a woman in a way mm. that would be inappropriate, there yes. there are bands who will who will just stop, that's call brilliant. a guy out, get them to how leave. Can they see like there's it depends well, how hard. big the that's audience yeah. is. You yeah. know, you, there's only so much you can see on stage. Yeah, that's, absolutely. And yeah. It's, it's quite dark. It's brimming the yeah. horizon. They like a dark set. Um, so I think maybe night vision and heat cameras is the wow. only thing I can think mm. where you'd be able to detect a body on the floor. But even then, you've got people crammed into such a tight But I think when, when you see a mosh space. pit, I mean, a mosh pit is, a, is, is big enough and visible enough to, to call people out on it in the same way that people crowd surfing is. Um, it's interesting that you guys have gone straight to mosh pits because my, my original mm. question that I had for this story, which I changed because I thought it would be an absolute no, was should we ban moshing? But what do you think? Do you think that would have been an absolute what no? Was the, um, oh, I see what you mean. The dis- what, what, yeah. what was the age limit on the event? Jack, do we know? Producer Jack. I imagine it was 14 plus. 14 plus. Yeah. In that mm. situation, then absolutely, you can't have a 30-year-old man. I think, yeah, I think, I don't want to sound like a party pooper, uh, but I do think moshing is really, really dangerous. And I, 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 yeah, it's fun when it goes well, but when does it, like, when you've got crowds like that, it's like a football crowd. You, mm. it, yeah. It's, it's just asking for trouble. It I takes think. one person to fall down. It's, I mean, the, the difference with the pits is often people are running in circles mm. you know that's what creates the mosh yeah. pit, mm. if you like and, and rather than just jumping up and down um and so if someone trips over they're often it's like a domino effect and someone at the bottom yeah. will get crushed mid-center barriers are yes. fantastic they they work really 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 well so i think a venue could you explain a little bit what that is is that uh a... they break the crowd up so basically what it allows you to have is you know how you have the press pit at the front for photographers and people get lifted mm. out into it yeah about say 30 feet back from the stage they have another one there what for mosh pits not specifically oh, right. for mosh pits but it's another area where people can get lifted but does, that, in. Oh. does that stop moshing i mean that, yeah it does it helps it's, it's for very accessibility if you need to well because you're going to run into it? a metal no. grate essentially yeah, yeah so the sure. surge forward it stops people being right, crushed yes. at the front um and it also means that the mosh pit is not only accessible from the front you have like mm. a you have not three the set the shape of a c kind of access to it which allows you to get to at least three sides of mm. it i suppose i was going to say why was there um a thing saying there wasn't enough security guards and then alexandra palace said oh no there was so that was just that was just hearsay that was hearsay i mean but essentially uh, at gigs like this you have a lot of security in lots of different places and the ones yeah. that you see are the ones at the front which when someone crowd surfs they pull yeah, the person yeah. off the crowd and mm. let them run back around the back yeah and that's the ones you see there's an awful lot of security you know behind you stage like at the well. yes exactly yeah. behind and stage at the, at the entrance it's so easy for one tweet from one person saying more security at mcdonald's to yeah. to, to <laughs> kind of get picked up and and give people a cause to get behind but also saying there was 150 security personnel on site 
is also misleading. Mm. How many were at the barriers? How many were yeah, 30 exactly. yards away? Well, I presume on site means at the venue. I mean, yeah, they're exactly. not going to all be in there. But Alexander no, Palace but is could, a massive you venue. Could, yeah. You could have yeah. Yeah. on site, yeah, you could have 100 people waiting for the end of the concert when it finishes and they're just shepherding. So. Um, yeah, I think that statement's misleading as and well. And 150 people, 150 security guards for a 10,000 cap venue is 66 people per one security card, which mm. is an awful lot of people. Yeah. It's be- and, and someone's died. Like, the thing is, you have to remember is, it's sort of, the, the legalities and the mathematics go out of the equation when you put an event on and your event has caused someone's death. And regardless of whether that's somebody's deliberately the security's fault, you could have put more in place. Like, for example, what Josh says yeah. about mid mid uh, mid barriers, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. To prevent death, because surely everyone's Is interested it, can, in preventing can I, can death. I, can I widen it out slightly? Because mm. actually, like, I go to music festivals every summer and every uh, major music festival, something like Glastonbury or, or, or Reading, you will get a couple of deaths during the festival. Mm. Because just statistically, really? that number of people, you've also got well, people taking a lot of drugs. doing yeah. drugs, yeah. which might slightly heighten the chance. A lot of alcohol. So, yeah. you know, how far should you hold a, a venue responsible exactly. for that sort of thing? If you, you do your best to stop people smuggling in drugs, but yeah. some people still will. And if someone, yeah. you know... If you oh. have a venue with that many people, there's going to be there's fatalities. Be, exactly. Exactly. But I, I, I think to, it's you've got to educate issue. people, I guess, the best you can. And how then... much do you think the venue know it happens? And because it's part of, for example, the ethos of Glastonbury. Well, it's the ethos of this type of music as well. Is to you, have you a wouldn't mosh want pit. to ban moshing because that would essentially put an end to the excitement of going to a gig like Bringing this the Horizon. This kind of gig. Dying might be, you know, uh, is is... A freak accident. This clearly doesn't happen a lot at gigs. But there's, can, can I read one of these comments? Yeah, it's sort of, please. Uh, relevant to uh, someone says, uh, "I was at the gig in Birmingham, and people were coming out with bloody noses and visibly broken bones. This is not what music is about." Now, never it mind definitely death. is what that oh, kind of music. Well, even bloody noses and visibly broken bones. Uh, uh, you know, at a gig where you're going to get 14, 15 year olds. Mm. But at any gig, I mean, does it have to be what that music is about? And yeah, you're going to go. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely. And what the, the thing music is, you is can't yeah, you yeah. can't expect really? like, the, the people who are going to those gigs. To, to what Josh said there was, to a certain extent, that is what that music's about. People love putting themselves in danger in the adrenaline rush. And so it's the responsibility of to take that decision away from these people who enjoy adrenaline and to yeah. go, I own the venue. Actually, it's my rules. And and maybe maybe make- this is the oldest I'm ever going to sound, but if, is then, if there's nothing more to the music than going to a gig to beat up the people <laughs> you're with... <laughs> Yeah. And maybe maybe they're not the best band to support. I don't know. Oh, Has I feel so old now. Before, <laughs> I, I, like at Ali Pali, have they not had mosh pits before? And has there oh, not probably been a probably at almost every gig? And it's and, just no one's died. Is, is, no one's know, died, but they've got but they've got hurt. Yeah. Or, or people getting hurt all the time. Mm. But this I, I, is statistically, obviously, incredibly unlikely. Yeah. All right. Well, Josh, at the start of this story, you had this to say. I think there's a chain of responsibility here. There's the insurance that's needed and i feel like the promoter initially is the person that's responsible for for deaths uh, you can hire a venue out if that's if you've hired a venue you're then responsible for what happens there don't agree with that at all you sounded quite distracted during that yeah it sounded quite i went to insurance you, you can tell i'm a producer be. i just went was i insured <laughs> like, <laughs> straight away it's like as long as i'm insured it's fine they need to implement something though don't they yeah, yeah. so just, it, moshing, just admitting that they yeah. need to make changes would be a, start. a suitable all right well I'll finish this story by saying obviously this is a horrible thing that's happened our thoughts and, and love go out to ali mills's family and friends and etc and I think you've all handled this story incredibly well. You can let us know what you think over on Twitter and our polls at Educating Josh. It is time for the second story of the week, and that is Ben's story. 
Let's hope this is a, a nice cheery one. Snow leopard shot dead at Dudley Zoo after escaping area. That's definitely... <sighs> okay. <laughs> the three things you need to know, Josh. First of all, a snow leopard was shot dead after a zookeeper left the enclosure door open and it escaped. Dudley Zoo said eight-year-old Magash was killed after getting free on the 23rd of October when the zoo had closed and all visitors had left. Secondly, the zoo said its animal escape procedure was put in place and the firearms team managed the incident. The zoo said the leopard was killed by a senior member of the firearms team with a single shot and did not suffer, adding that staff had no other option and the decision was taken in the interest of public safety. And thirdly, the incident has sparked arguments between pro- and anti-zoo activists. A spokesman from the Born Free Foundation said, While this is a sad incident that is undoubtedly very distressing to those who cared for Magash, it brings into sharp focus, once again, that zoos simply cannot guarantee the safety of people and their animals. So my question to you, Josh, is, is it time to close zoos? 20 seconds, Josh. Go. I think zoos are great. Um, I absolutely love zoos that operate in the correct way. Um, I think they are responsible for saving some fantastic species that we would otherwise would have lost. Um, But I think some do behave irresponsibly. Okay. Opinions, anyone? I think this is the most depressing episode of Educating Josh (laughs) ever. I think I agree with that opinion. (laughs) <laughs> Bloody hell. Wow, we did it. Light, we educated Josh. He agrees with us. Well, um, I've got nothing to compare now, it to. I massively <laughs> disagree with you with the idea that I think zoos are doing a service to society and keeping some things alive. Yeah, so do I. I think mm. that is maybe a byproduct of it, but essentially they exist as a way to bring people in to see fantastic things and make a lot of money of that, off that. And one thing I have to back that opinion up is that zoo director David Hancock, this is not from this zoo, but from another zoo, said, there is a commonly held misconception that zoos are not only saving wild animals from extinction, but also reintroducing them to wild habitats. The confusion stems from many sources, all of them zoo-based. In reality, most zoos have no contact of any kind with reintroduction programs. Hang on, he, he's a zoo director? Yes. I thought he's, he's supposed to be pro-zoos. <laughs> well, he, What's he doing? You're shooting yourself in, I mean, in no, the foot, David. That's the kind of people we need. We, we need are, them to run zoos. Yes, yes. Exactly. These are the David, lie! <laughs> um, I don't understand Safari what you parks. think is condemning oh. about David Hancock's statement. I don't, I, just I'm not saying condemning, I just mean that, that there is a common, I think, I and I definitely thought this until recently, until researching this story, is that there's, a, there's an idea that zoos are doing a service to the world and saving all the baby animals and making them mate and, and reintroducing them to the wild. That's not what zoos do. I mean, people I think they do. I've, no. I've thought that. I've never thought they were reintroduced. Right. But you think they're, that's, they are, that's conservation a, they're, 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 they're wildlife con- conservation. Like, right. th- that's a very different thing. To be fair, I'd kind of thought that too. Never thought that, I think I guess. it's a secondary thing. The, uh, they, they, they bring animals out of their environment i mean this snow leopard is from asia you know it's ta- and it's taking it into a into an environment in the uk so that m- we can stare at it you know like i think obviously we've got implementations in place to you know create this environment that's as g- good for the creature as possible but it's never going to be as good as its actual natural habitat yeah it's it's and it's bloody snow leopards coming over and here yeah, infiltrating I mean, our zoos getting I think, sh- getting I shot mean, in the face i think it's, it's definitely a bit of a, a I, I don't know i think I'd, I'd need more stats to back this up you're I better suppose, off but using the money to go out into their natural environment and set up well and that's not necessarily fair because there wouldn't be the money but you're because, t- yeah you yeah and you're talking about guess, you? you're mm. talking about 
the easiest way to have an effect. It's actually illegal in the UK to take any animal from the wild and put it in the zoo without reason. So they are rescue animals that otherwise would have died. They do help with saving some species that, to be perfectly blunt, these species are dying out because you want a nice warm house. But I do agree zoos should be, you know there are but some zoos I, that should be shut down I, li- I live quite near a zoo i live about five minutes from london zoo and i've been a couple of times and i don't i don't love zoos but what what always upsets me is is like the big cats i think mm. we should draw a distinction between like the penguins and the meerkats and all that seem happy enough but you see those big cats and they are just pacing up yeah. and down they're well, clearly in distress that's I, what I, I feel very uncomfortable about I, not zoos just full stop I yeah. think there should be more safari parks rather than zoos because yeah. the, the, well, the, the, the I big love cats, a safari park. The big cats are like out in the open yeah, and, no, and they've got more room to roam, literally roam and free. Whereas well, the but, zoos are in but, like Zara, ca- glorified cages. When I was doing Luke's going to tell found, us why safari parks are well, bad. Well, there was I was reading an article <laughs> and it did say specifically Don't this. Long Do you think safari parks are better than traditional zoos? Woburn Safari Park was keeping lions locked up in small enclosures for eighteen hours a day. But small enclosures closures but then that's not technically a safari park because the nature of the safari park is that it's just a big park and you drive through it maybe they do lock lock them up they've they've obviously got a section where it's more of a zoo they wouldn't do that at longley i love longley it's got a maze it's got a maze and i had a doctor who exhibition for years but people people are in longley in the lion enclosure and my dad got out of the car and tried to fix a shooter snow leopard in the face (laughs) <laughs> and one of the wardens came and told him off. Yeah, I think people are always... For his own safety. People are always going to uh, be bad. Like the zoo that you just mentioned, the safari park, is going to do things that they aren't meant to. But the fundamental idea... You should regulate idea, against that, then. It, it is. But people are nasty. Well, then it they should be things, enforced. I mean, it, And like, then enforce it. It's like an old people's them. home. Yeah. They're, they're there to care for old people, but there's always going to be corruption. And yeah. one old in, person who shot but, in the face. But, yeah. That, <laughs> well, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't think that it's time for the end of zoos. I, I mean... I um, think all animals are better off in their natural environment. I'm not saying zoologists aren't compassionate. They're, not I, being, I, they're giving the best care that they can give. Penguins aren't always. But this is what's confusing me, because they're not just being taken. They're taking an animal that would otherwise die. Why would it die? Because they're rescued animals. So well, they're to not start from fresh, you take a not. lion that's well, otherwise they're not rescued, they're run in captivity. The, the the ones that are taken from the wild, right. the originals, are taken as a rescue animal. They're taken oh, they're most definitely not. Original animals in zoos, i.e. hundreds of years, or a hundred years ago when zoos started up. Now, now. Well, right. I'm talking about today. Well, if, they're if not an animal Why would they rescue? Come- any animal that comes from the wild today, legally, is a, is a rescued animal or is one that is brought into a zoo because it cannot be in the wild still. Define rescued, though. Is that mm. just an umbrella term to make us feel like they've been essentially rescued? Rescued yeah, from what? From I, I'm, I, I, rescued yeah, from what? I don't, I don't they're know. in their environment. Yeah. That's, that's what from, I wanted from to ask. Yeah. They're living their best life. Yeah, yeah. No, they're not because we're affecting their environments we're tearing down forests we're destroying their habitats we're not people don't the owners of zoos don't set up zoos you're buying the products that that are very much so yes yes you're buying the products that are that's another topic altogether yes yeah exactly but still that the, the yeah from the environments and the habitats that we're destroying so I mean, and there are, and I have read cases where animals that have been saved from the wild, brought into a zoo, and then have been tried to be rehabilitated, have either died or just they they, they lose that instinct to, to go out and do what they need to do. So I don't, 
really agree. I don't think you can be okay with dogs, but not okay be okay with lions. You're putting a, a value on a, an animal because it's bigger. Well, I, I think the, the one thing... Ben, the ben is putting a value on animals that are bigger. I, I am. I think the one thing we can all agree on is that Longleat is a cracking day out. <laughs> <laughs> My dad will testify. <laughs> all right, well, Josh, at the not start... Not sponsored by Longleat. <laughs> at the start of this show, you had this to say. I think zoos are great. Um, I absolutely love zoos that operate in the correct way. Um, I think they are responsible for saving some fantastic species that we would otherwise would have lost. Um, but I think some do behave irresponsibly. I mean, I think I pretty much covered everything that I said quite quickly in that initial response. Uh, if you're not okay with a lion being held in captivity, then you definitely shouldn't have a pet at home, regardless of just going, oh, well, it's all been bred out of them now, and it's There's it's a fine. difference in size. <laughs> and therefore the, only difference, the only difference being the size. Yeah, I mean, she's, it's not, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not just being facetious. I think it makes a difference. I, I, I think like you wouldn't keep a snow leopard at home. You would, but like most of us wouldn't keep a snow leopard at but home. But also, yeah. dogs have been man's best friends for literally hundreds of years. But, a lion, oh, so a lion, so a cute. lion isn't that a man's is... best friend. A lion is just like David Attenborough's best friend. But well, the difference is, it'd be very hard to domesticate a lion. <laughs> yeah, you'd be a lot more put off, I suppose. Um, well, I think you should give it a go, Josh. All right, well, you can let us know what you think over on Twitter and our polls at Educating Josh. It is time for the last story of the week: that Zara story. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So yeah, my story comes from the Telegraph. I really hope this is a cheery one. Like, it, please, yes, please, give us a, please give quite, us a happy one. I wouldn't one. say it's cheery, it's quite light-hearted. Oh, nice. Yeah. Dog and escape. Um, Dog and escape. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Um, oh. It's a mother defends turning her one-year-old son into an Instagram influencer. Oh. Yeah. So, Josh, here are the three things you need to know. Stacy from Essex turns her one-year-old son into a social media influencer. Another word for a social media personality. We know that. Has <laughs> Wait a man's playing. All right, guys. I didn't know. When I was preparing the next version of the notes, I was like, maybe people won't know what an influencer is. Because there's a big difference yeah. between social My media influencer and oh, social up. media Write your own notes, personality. Then. <laughs> I don't have any. 
um, has faced backlash for using the toddler as a tool. The boy, Ralphie, has 15,000 followers. That's embarrassing. He's got more than me. I know. Pictures of the baby can earn the family hundreds of pounds in sponsorships and the family has accumulated £10,000 worth of freebies, including clothes, bedroom furniture and days out using the account. Uh, Stacey has even banned other family members from sharing photographs of Ralphie on social media in case they interfere (laughs) with his brand. Wow. Uh, Ralphie has a brand. A brand, yeah. Many, he's a product. Uh, many have questioned Stacey's motives and parenting ability and argue that it's unfair to promote her child in this way. However, with seven year old YouTuber Ryan Toys Review being this year's highest paid YouTube star, earning $22 million in the 12 months leading up to June, there's clearly money to be made. My question to you, Josh, is should there be a minimum age for influencers? 20 seconds, Josh. Go. My knee-jerk reaction is that I hate this story. Um, Not in that it's a bad story to choose, but I I kind of think that's a bit disgusting. But then I start thinking about it, and I mean, if if there was a minimum age, they're currently operating under parental guidance, so I'm kind of confused. All right, well... (laughs) Does anyone have any strong opinions on this story? Yeah, I hate it. I think it's absolutely disgusting and this child's going to grow up very unhealthy. Yeah. Um, mentally. Because I, I... And very rich. That's the other thing. Rich and, and very unhealthy. The plight of a child star. I, I think in the film world, it's kind of developed a bit. You used to have... There's a few that come to mind that I don't want to mention. Macaulay Culkin? Well, actually, no. Oh, he's I, doing all right. He, he is now. Yeah, he's in that pizza band, doesn't he? Yeah, and he has like a... Uh, <laughs> he has a fantastic podcast. He has a podcast. web series. He has a web series. Called Bunny Ears. Bunny Ears? Uh, bunny something bunny? Yeah, I don't know. Like, look at um, Millie Bobby Brown. She's 14 and she has the head of like a 50-year-old. She's fantastic. She's, it feels like she's legitimately got some sort of talent, though. I feel like this story, this this woman is living vicariously through her son. It's, yeah. it's just a all, mirror all, of her own narcissism, all yeah, I feel parents isn't do it? that, though, don't they? Well, yeah, but this is not... The, the she, ones that she's haven't saying she's, achieved anything themselves do. She's saying she's earning money for him, but she, that's just an excuse. That's just a guise. What she's loving is, you know, the attention. The attention. The attention. And, oh, I'm... She's like one of those dance mums. I suppose it's yeah. like, she obviously... like I, I, I've experienced from my mum, me being on YouTube, one of the things my mum, I think, loves about that is she loves the idea that lots of people in the in the world like me as much as she likes me Aww. and I think that's really nice and I think that feels nice as a mum that you sort of validated my son is great that's my your choice great. though you're, you're putting yeah, yourself you're on adult. YouTube yes. and so when, when she says in this that she's trying to earn money for her son my sort of solution to this is I don't think there should be a minimum age for influencers and when I was researching this it was like it was very difficult because this is just basically a, an opinion piece it's no, there's no stats to this right mm. and you see the bad side of child stars and you also see plenty of child stars who are fine that are good yeah. And so what what I think here is that the solution to this would be for some kind of it doesn't necessarily have to be legislation it can just be like a a kind of norm in the industry that if you're earning money for your kid then you need to put a big chunk of that away in a locked account that you can't access. Mm-hmm. You can maybe take 20% as an agent like an agency fee mm-hmm. and you can treat your kid to nice stuff but essentially that money is that kids. They're not old enough to but deal how with do it right you now. Force parents to do that. Well that's unless, what I mean is legislation or the, some kind of norm. Also the, the what that, they're earning is not actual money they're earning products that are worth money. 
money. Oh, so and that's money. Probably. Well, they're earning £10,000, which yeah. is plenty as well. I think just worth, worth, yes. worth the freebies. Worth the freebies. Oh, sorry. Well, yeah. they're, earning, they're earning hundreds of pounds per post. Um, I think, just oh, be okay. transparent about it. Call the kid Spawn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, ad well, ad short for Adam yeah. or I, advertisement I think I think we're assuming a lot here the mother could be very responsible teach the kid that not everything comes for free uh, you know it, except it, all that stuff it, that arrived today for free <laughs> if you if you you know weren't educated at the same time then absolutely but as long as she is responsibly educating him and people are irresponsible all the time I, I don't think there should be a minimum age do you wish your parents had done this Josh um, I don't know because what if what if um, no not at all I, I would that's not the kind of thing that I'd want to do but I mean what if when my parents were younger they did you know have an account where they showed cute pictures that may accumulated a bunch of money and I got Got that when I was 18, sorry. Well, that's true, but I think... Well, I, I think that's true of, say, for example, a child actor expresses, I want to be an actor, and yeah. then their their parents sort of enable that dream. And then if the kid well, grows up and changes... I mean, you've seen beauty pageants and... They're, they're, oh, sure, I, but there's, there is an interest from the child in, yeah. in doing it. Even if it's even if it's forced upon them, there's a certain amount of interest. But here... Mm. I mean, no, maybe, maybe there isn't. Yeah. This is a one-year-old a child. A bit of a kid. Maybe there is a baby. Is, is I mean, a dodgy it, it, issue in itself. And it's very much debated when you're able to give consent yeah that's why I mean, there's a anything, legal but yeah yeah that's why there's, there's yeah. a legal but also, uh, even if she is responsible what message is like he's growing up with a, a screen constantly in his face uh teaching him that the only way to get love and validation is through putting photos on instagram and, and get, views and, and, well, and, views, and, and yeah. what it, what implications is that having on his mental health i would health? debate that the kid probably doesn't necessarily know what's going on oh, yeah. well, how I bet, do we know I bet that they, though how maybe we... that's part of the problem i mean as he's an getting adult, snapped you... at yeah. all day he's currently yeah. one so currently he's, he doesn't I don't think he's learning and anything he's put, right into, now. put into different outfits every couple of hours and you know oh. he's, he's a... one I hadn't, I'd missed that bit of the story he's one year <laughs> old one? he's one one oh for fuck's sake yeah. <laughs> oh, I've, I've lost patience he's one years old it's, oh there's something agree. gross about the that and is, I know there shouldn't be yeah. and it should be the choice of the parent and I, uh, I'm yeah. sure the parent's very loving there's something that makes me feel a little bit physically sick about that well that's the monetizing a one-year-old the thing is she thinks it's all positive but the internet doesn't know positive from negative and the algorithms actually suggest that negative and depressing stories get more retweets and like stuff this like one. that so so we don't even know if people are actually genuinely liking this kid they probably just find him like a sort of a freak show kind growing of thing. up is hard enough like, without resorting to, like you <laughs> We all, as, as kids at school, might worry about whether we're popular or not. Well, imagine it just being reduced to a series of numbers on, on, on a yeah. screen. You've got actual stats as to whether you're yeah, popular. Yeah, this is how popular you are. Oh, here's, here's, it's gross. Here's some quantitative data. I'm angry data. about this and the leopard that was shot in the face. Now, Josh, at the start of this story, you had this to say. My knee-jerk reaction is that I hate this story. Um, not in that it's a bad story to choose, but I, I kind of think that's a bit disgusting. But then I start thinking about it and... I mean, if, it, if there was a minimum age, they're currently operating under parental guidance, so I'm kind of confused. Didn't really say much, did I? Um, I, I, I think I still agree with that. I do find it gross, but what, I'm, what I was trying to do there was kind of rise above what my morals are and what I do with my children, which isn't that. Um, and I think based on that, there, there, there shouldn't be a minimum age, but you should think about what you want for your children and how they want them to grow up. Alright, well you can let us know what you think over on Twitter in our polls at EducatingJosh. It is time for the Quickfire Round. 
Josh, a journalist has stated that Ariana Grande's Thank You Next video is surprisingly anti-queer and promotes trans misogyny, heterosexual pride, and blackface. It is getting a lot of hate online. Can you ever become too woke? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's what this whole podcast is about. Yeah. Point of view. <laughs> Josh, the RSPCA are promoting how you can make a difference for animals this Christmas by checking any meat, fish, and dairy products you buy are RSPCA assured. Should a charity set up to prevent cruelty to animals be promoting eating meat in the first place? Why would a piece of meat be anti-dog? Why well, it's like oh, if it was cruel, if, if it was like cruel, cruel. if it was especially cruel to animals oh but not specifically the the kind of animals the RSPCA no 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 after. just like if it, this this no, meat no, no, no. was, was guilty was... mainly they're not selling dogs in Tesco no <laughs> that's what in the co-op RS, RSPCA the co-op, are going here's a stamp of approval that we think this meat was treated vaguely humanely I think yeah. that gives the RSPCA too much power what, <laughs> what? Uh, yeah absolutely why yeah. don't you want them to have power the RSP because well, they're going to close down the zoos they could be bought out <laughs> there's corruption I they can't buy out a charity can you? Can you buy out a charity? You can influence the right people. All right, okay. I reckon that's got something to do with Philip Green. He'd do that, wouldn't he? Uh, <laughs> no, no, of course. That's just it's what Anna, Philip Green Anna would Anna do. Anna he'd eat dogs as well. I want that on the record. Philip Green eats dogs. Right, Josh, new research has asked gig-goers for their opinion on using mobile phones during concerts. 70% said they were annoyed by people constantly taking photos or videos of the show, and 69% said they would support more than minimal action to minimise the disruption. Should we ban mobile phones at gigs? I, I think... I think banning a phone at a concert's fine. And the good news story of the week. One man's happy accident has brought new hope to the recovery of coral reefs around the world. Dr. David Vaughan had been trying to remove a coral from the bottom of a tank when it broke into a dozen pieces. To his shock, all the pieces regrew to the same size in just three short weeks, as opposed to the three years that it's taken to grow the original coral. This gives us hope of restoring the barrier reef, I think. Yay, good news. (laughs) (laughs) After a horrible episode of sadness, good news, the corals are coming back. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Educating Josh. And thank you so much to our special guests, Benjamin Cook and Zara Barry. Ben, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, in a ditch. (laughs) (laughs) And Zara, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram. uh, At ZaraBarry1 is Twitter and Zara.BarryComedy. Zara.Barry.Comedy is Instagram. Nice. I want more followers than Ralphie. And when's your next show? (laughs) (laughs) Um, My next show is tonight. uh, Wow. But uh, but no, after that, what have I got? I'm doing a Camden lunchtime show on Friday. Come to my Leicester Festival show, Things I Shouldn't Say, uh, in February. Ooh. Look it up, Dave Lester Comedy Festival. Okay, All right. Guys. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Educating Josh. We'll be polls and content of each of today's stories, and we'd love to hear your thoughts. We also want you to send in more questions for next week's Quick Fire Round. Please go subscribe, and most importantly, leave a review over on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. This has been Educating Josh, a Studio 71 production. We'll see you next week for another episode of Educating Josh. Goodbye. 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 Bye. 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 Goodbye. Back under my desk. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.